0: Hymn 249. We're on stanzas five and six of Hymn 249. O grant, most blessed Lord, that earth and hell combined may not about this sacrament. Raise doubt within my mind.
1: Raise doubt within my mind.
0: Doubt. Hmm. I think Eve was in the garden. The devil came up and said, Did God really say... What was he doing? Creating doubt. That's the first thing that you want to do, to raise doubts about this thing. Uh, That is the thing that is uh, deathly to faith. Faith is the assurance. Faith is knowing. Uh, What does faith base its hope upon? How does faith know these things? The promise of God's word. word, That's what faith holds to. And so there are many other things that we would look at that would like to raise doubts. Uh, with the word of God, the word that God has given. God has given us a word concerning this sacrament. He has told us that it is his body, this is my body, this is my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Here is his word. And so we ask uh, that the Lord uh, may not let anything in this world or the next raise doubts within our mind concerning what he has said about this sacrament O oh, may I never fail to thank you day and night for your true body and true blood, O oh, God, oh, God, my peace and light. And so the final stanza. It says, may I give you thanks. May I never fail to give you thanks day and night. How do we do do that? How do we give thanks? What do we do? Yeah. Our prayers. We speak about this very thing. What else about the sacrament? How do we give thanks for the sacrament? We We take it. One, we say, oh, the Lord's provided it. Um, I want to make sure to come. I want to make sure to receive it. Um, I want to take it. I want to receive it. I want to do it in a way in which I acknowledge what God gives and uh, that I receive the benefit, that I come trusting in that. Look forward to it. (coughs) Having received it, look back as a trust upon it. Uh, So no matter how it is, ah, here is... Here is the Lord's Supper, what the Lord has provided, uh, that he might uh, strengthen us. In our reading tonight, we'll be uh, going through Matthew 8, in which Jesus uh, provides some other bread uh, and uh, is giving out. We're going to find out about his compassion for us. Stanza 5 and Stanza 6. O grant, most blessed Lord, that earth and hell combined may not about this sacrament raised out within my mind. O may I never fail to thank you day and night. For your true body and true blood, O oh God, my peace and light. All right, in our catechism, we're moving on to the commandments. We've gone through the first three. We're taking a look at commandments four and five this evening. Uh, there's quite a few uh, Wednesdays that we're not going to have catechesis, so we're kind of doubling up on a couple of these. Uh, commandments. The fourth commandment. Repeat after me. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that.
1: We should fear and love God so that.
0: We do not despise.
1: We do not despise.
0: Or anger. Our parents, and other our parents and other authorities, so that we do not despise or anger our parents and other authorities,
1: but honor, them.
0: But honor them. Serve and obey them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. The fourth commandment begins what we call the second table of the law. The first table of the law is the first three commandments. The first three deal with love of God, love of God. The last seven deal with love of of the neighbor. So with the fourth, we're going to deal uh, with, well, first of all, parents. Uh, The first that you come in contact with. Uh, are your parents? They are the ones that give you life. All right. Um, you know, I've I've got uh, uh, some socks uh, that I wore the other day. What did it say on those socks? World's greatest dad. dad. Hmm. Huh. About that. Some world's great. Isn't that isn't that interesting? That. The world's greatest dad happens to have socks that say "world's greatest dad." <laughs> See, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, concerning these uh, world's greatest dad socks, uh, yeah. Um, hmm. This says, "Honor your father and your mother." My socks say, well, you are to treat your father and your mother in in what way? Well. Are they the greatest dad ever? Yes. Well, I hope so. You ought to treat them that way. Um, but what do we know? Even our parents are sinners too. Even our parents are sinners too. They don't. Um, you might find out later. How do you know all these things? Guess what I'm just winging it. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that go on. And what do we do? We are to honor our father and mother. So, how many of you picked your own parents? No, they just came, didn't they? They were there when you got here. Um, what does God want us to do? Well, he doesn't just ask us to love them. He asks us to do something that's far above. It's called Honor, whoa, honor. Your neighbor, all you have to do is love your neighbor. But your parents, you're required to honor. Why are we to honor our parents? And what is this honor that you're supposed to give to them that's far above, well, love? Yes. That is, well, you know, um, I'm going to say yes, but, you know, obviously the uh, love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus used that as a summary for Commandments 4 through 10. So um, uh, when you honor your father, you are loving your neighbor. But the way you love your uh, next-door neighbor as opposed to the way you love your spouse as opposed to the way you love your father and mother he specifically says of them, the love that you get to them is what we call honor. Um, that is, that's more than just what we are to treat others.
1: Does it hold something towards respect
0: for it,
1: the suffering that people have given to bring
0: us into this world? Okay. I would definitely say that there are sacrifices, there are things that parents do for children <laughs> Uh, bringing them into the world, raising them, paying for them, taking care of them, you know, all of the heartache that that goes with that. Um, As children, you don't realize until you become a parent. You're right. That all being said, um, that's a very good thing that parents do. And yes, they've been given this thing. The respect part, though, Kind of nails it on the head, and put together with what they do, we're still to give an honor, even if they aren't the greatest dad in the world. So then you kind of go, oh, so you know, how does that all go? But that's that's the start. That's the pinnacle. You want to add? Yes. So God has appointed and said to father and mother I'm going to give a vocation, I'm going to give authority. And that authority that I give, we're going to say is as parents, father and mother, is that which is next to God. All of our authority is derived from the office of parent. So you're right, God said. This isn't, I'm going to put you, I'm gonna put Karen Melvin into this honorable position, this great job that is next to myself, and therefore you ought to honor it because I set this up and I put you in it. Even if you don't understand to begin with, it doesn't mean that you
1: shouldn't try to understand
0: because you should honor and respect your mother and father. So, the honor and the respect goes with the position they have been placed in. You know what? Every one of us have fathers, eh, a little bit quirky. Mothers, a little bit, I don't know, emotional. Yeah, you know, Whatever you want to say, every one of us have our faults. We have our unique things. We have our things where we kind of go, well, that's kind of embarrassing about mom and dad. Yeah, I know, but they've been given this authority. They've been given this. And you know what? There are times that they fail. They fail to... Do what they should. They too are sinners. But we are still given to honor them as, well, I'm going to obey them. I'm going to follow what they say. Even if I'm thinking, well, I don't think I'd do it that way. Well, maybe you wouldn't. But that's the way the Father said to do it. So we're going to do it his way. Why? Because there is an honor. There is a respect given to the office that they they hold on our behalf. Um, Some things, hopefully, is a matter of, uh, in this household, we don't steal. Well, okay. What commandment? Been a while. It's the seventh. Um, Seventh commandment. But there are other things in which the father may say, all right, uh, we're going to bed at nine o'clock. That's bedtime. (sighs) Come on. And someone might say, but the dad next door, they get to go to bed at 10 o'clock. Now, is it sinful to go to bed at 10? Is No, it's not. But what? Everybody has particular things, right? Um, at our house, you sit around the table and eat the meal, the TV is off. It, it's not on. Um, they're just things that you do and say, this is what happens at our family. Um, okay, there is an honor, there is a respect of those who are in the, pa- in the parental office uh, that has been given to them. What are we to do? Well, we don't want to despise them, for God has given them to us. We do not want to anger them by disobedience, um, but instead, and here's what it says, do we not despise or anger our parents? and other authorities and other authorities Um, at the beginning Adam and Eve had children Cain, Abel, Seth and some others Cain was the father Cain was the father let me say this again Adam was the father Eve was the mother Adam served as pastor preach the word. Uh, they taught their children. They were the teachers. Um, Adam also had to send his son Cain away when he murdered his other son, Abel. He was the policeman as well as the pastor excommunicating and send away. Wow. All of this authority comes from the parental office. If parents need to Employ help to teach their children. They send their kids to school, they employ a teacher. Right? That's given to the parents to do. But they can use others. Maybe they need help around the house. And so they employ someone to mow the lawn or someone to come and be a a nanny or or whatever there might be. Um, There are uh, things that parents do in order to employ help. Grandma, help me out. Let's do this. Let's. Okay. That same thing with uh, police, with firemen, with, whatever. what is he? These are authorities in which we say, no, I would like some help in this matter. And so that is uh, farmed out or, or given as well. Do we do not despise or anger our parents and other authorities? The way we treat the government falls under the fourth commandment. Uh, the way we treat the school teacher falls under the fourth commandment all of these uh, authorities but honor them serve and obey them love and cherish them okay at what age do you have Luke you ready for this one at what age do you have to quit obeying your father quit honoring your father how old are you now 11 do you still have to honor your father when you're 11 how about when you turn 12 no you don't have to you're done 18 8 A- how about 20 which one 35 So, when you're 35, if you want to buy a Nintendo cartridge, you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) This is complicated, thank you. That's exactly what I was going to get to. That's pretty good. In about 20 seconds, you came to, and now it's a little complicated here. You're right. They're still your father, aren't they? And there is still someone that you honor. And yes, even as they did the respect, or they did the sacrifice for you and all that they provided you're right there comes a point at which yes in marriage it says you leave your father and mother and you cling to your wife and so that is your primary responsibility nevertheless you are never done you're right it changes when you're not home it changes when you have your own money it changes when you have a wife and yet there is an honor or respect that comes to those who are still your parents who are still your elders, one that you may listen to, but you might say, "Um, thank you very much, but Dad, I'm not going to do it that way. And so you respect them. Uh, You listen to them. There comes a point at which your responsibility as a child to your parents is to take care of them, is to provide for them, is to help them out in their old age. And so all of a sudden you might say, you are paying them back. Or what they did in taking care of you. Eh, Not really. But it is something in which uh, you are to provide. You are to give the honor and respect that needs to happen. Once again, you may take them into your home. You may employ someone to help. But that does fall under the honor and respect that is is due them. I was uh, pulling out my bulletin paragraphs I've been doing on marriage this year. Uh, Next year it deals with Uh, children and raising children, Uh, I can't remember, but um, there is a Luther quote in which he says, it's much easier for one father to raise 10 children than for 10 children to take care of one father. Hmm. The fathering uh, is something that often is done. Uh, old age, sometimes they're not taken care of, and that uh, is a bill or that duty is shirked. Fifth commandment. Let's go on to the next one. You shall not murder. You shall not murder. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we should fear and love God so
1: that
0: we do not hurt or harm. We do not. Our neighbor in his body. Our neighbor in his body. So that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body.
1: So that we do not hurt or harm our neighbor in his body.
0: But help and support him in every physical need. But
1: help and support him in every physical
0: need. All right, so the fifth commandment, you shall not murder. If you take a gun and shoot somebody, pew, Is that murder? Yes. Yep. If I take a knife, kill her. Is that murder? Yes. Yes. If I whoa push her down so she skins her knee. Is that murder? Kind of. Kind of. It's breaking the fifth commandment. If I use my words to say mean things about you and hurt your feelings, is that breaking the fifth commandment? Last of all, if I get mad and angry at you in my mind so that I want to hurt you, but I don't do it, am I breaking the fifth (laughs) <laughs> um, with the commandments and I will say that sometimes legal ramifications are, are actually t- built upon some of the Bible's teachings and things of that sort this commandment includes, according to Jesus not just words and action but even thoughts, that is of hatred, revenge Uh, someone hurts you and you decide you're going to hurt them back. Hmm, this goes well beyond. The government simply wants to deal with outward peace and simply wants to protect this outward kind of thing. The government doesn't care what kind of thoughts you have in your mind at all. God says, I'm mostly concerned with the fountain from which the killing, the hitting, The mean words, it all comes from the heart. It comes from an evil heart. It comes from the anger and within. And Jesus says, I want to point out the fountain from which flows out all this bad stuff. So that's why in this one, God is pointing to, with the fifth commandment, not just outward, not killing someone, but hurting, harming. um, Sometimes we definitely, we intend to do that by our words, right? I'm going to hurt you by what I say. There are sometimes we say things that I'm going to say people are hypersensitive. They take offense when none is given. Um, yeah, I understand that. You know, that happens from time to time as well. Um, uh, we need to be able to let things roll off our back so that we can live in this world even when there are things that are said, rightly or wrongly. Uh, you had a bad day, you might snip at me, well, we'll just let that go and and go on. Nevertheless, this commandment does deal with any kind of, especially physical, uh, but goes to the heart where we would say hate. Um, That that does not include a a desire of repentance and forgiveness uh, towards the neighbor. In fact, this fifth commandment goes even farther than that. Um, uh, uh, Jonathan falls down into a pit and can't get out, and he's hurt, and I go, oh, well, and walk away.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> did I break the fifth commandment? Yes, I did. Why? I didn't help him. My job is not, It's. it's I, oh, yeah, I didn't hurt him. I didn't push him in there. But I ought to help him if he's hurt. Um, that's my job in loving my neighbor. So I want to help my neighbor. If someone is picking on, bullying someone else, you ought to come to their aid. You ought to say, no, don't do that. That's not right. This is my friend. Um, exactly. In other words, we want to make sure that others aren't harmed, that we would help and support them in whatever their. Their need might be um, government-wise. They even have what they call good Samaritan laws, you know, where they say, you know, listen, you actually can be held liable for not uh, assisting someone uh, who is hurt. We realize that even in natural law outside, but especially true when it comes to, well, the Christian duty that that which God has given. Correct, correct, yes, exactly, exactly, uh, the virtues, the virtues that, that we are to do as opposed to that which is uh, the evil or the uh, seven deadly sins. All right, so to uh, help your neighbor, help and support him in every physical need. Um, fourth commandment, fifth commandment, good. Uh, Any other questions? Go ahead, Karen. Ask the question Um, again. Is love reiterating the serve? The
1: the verb serve. It's a reiteration of, I mean, I always
0: learned that those were the same. Serve and love. talk about love your neighbor, if we talk about it the way Jesus does, where he divides up the commandments as to love God, love your neighbor, um, normally in those instances, we will definitely speak of love as an action. It's something we do. And what does that mean? You do good to them. You, you do something so that it provides benefit for the neighbor, that's that's what love is. So it would be appropriate. You would say, depending upon you know uh, the the love that I show, the do good, you know, is to uh, uh, speak to the policeman. Yes, sir. What do you? You know, I mean, uh, uh, with respect, there may be different when we're talking about a teacher. It may be different when you're talking about a parent. So you know, you you would put it in this way: um, the service. Uh, I can serve, and and you know, w- without without much love, right? Um, you, know, uh, you know, go out and rake the leaves. Oh, okay, you know, and, and you know, there's not a whole lot of love going on, but there's sure service going on. So, do I render them service? Yes. But I also ought to do it, not just service, but you would say, honoring the office, doing it out of love that I might give them good, not just so that, you know, I'm not going to be punished. Um, you know, if you don't rake the leaves, you're not going out this Friday. Oh, all right, you know. So those end up going. So what do we have? Uh, so that we do not despise and anger our parents, but honor them. And then it goes on to talk about serve and obey them, love and cherish them. Uh, that is, I desire. Luther talks about at one point, he says, parents are such a good gift that if God hadn't given us the gift of parents, we ought to set up a stone and call it our parents so that we could give it honor and respect and cherish it. He says, what he's saying is that you know, nobody is without that. It's been given, and it is, it is a gift that is beyond compare. You can never realize how good this was. We all have to have something to respect. If yes. If you don't have anything to respect, then you don't understand what the word means. Right. Very good. And the love and cherish is addressing out of thankfulness. God. Yes, out of thankless Correct. In other words, God says it is a good gift and I cherish the good gift that he has given um, by keeping it, by treating it well. Exactly. And so just as your parent is put in the place of God to give us these benefits, that's the way God provides it, in the same way that the way God provides the nourishment for your body is by means of the sandwich that's on the plate. If I despise the sandwich on the plate, I'm despising the one who is giving it to me. So I also will not despise the government to his place there. Why? Because God has set that up for the very purpose. That being said, just as we talked about the father who has his quirky ideas the government that god has provided and it doesn't matter which one you got they also have you know little quirky ideas in which i want to go out and shoot some doves and i've got to have a card to hold a gun and then I have to have a license to go out and hunt the does and then I got to have two stamps to put on the license to go out to hunt the does and then I got to get a card for whatever particular place I'm going to go hunt on the land to do. And I, I think that's just a little silly but I get every one of those things out of love and respect, right? I wish they'd do it a different way but it's not my, I'm not the government. Sorry, I've held you off on your hand. Go ahead, and then I'll get okay. to Stevens. I enjoy listening
1: to what you say but how about whatever the government
0: becomes um, There are instances in which we would speak of that. I would say in the very same way, if a father goes, becomes corrupt, and you would say goes beyond what has been given him, for example, a father who would abuse his own children, what is given? the government, those in the other vocations, step in and say, no, that is beyond. You know, you can make them go to bed at 8, 8, 30, 9, or 10. You know, you may not abuse. And so you're right. There are times in which the government goes beyond its authority, in which it tells us to sin, teaches us to sin, and we have to say, I will not obey. You can throw me in jail, but I'm not going to obey. And so you're right. There are times in which there are those who go beyond the authority you don't say, oh, they give honor and respect. No. What if the government becomes so corrupt that they
1: uh, dishonor us in the way that they condemn us for doing
0: the right thing? Instead of the um, our job is still to do what is right. Now, how we respond to the government is a different question, but just as I said, you also have this same kind of thing in which uh, um, those who are in the other estates step in and say, no, this is not allowed. You know, this is where those who are in the church step in and say, you know, we're supposed to honor and respect, but we're going to condemn this action. It's wrong. There will be the government that will come in, and they will step on the religious authorities if I start doing things that are not in my authority to teach the word of God, if I start going in abuse, absolutely. So yes, we understand parameters that that go to that. Stephen? Yeah. I um anyway That's a good point. And let me let me just emphasize that one more time. Um, we we have been taught whether even in even America and, and all, we, we've got this idea that things are getting better, and we're going to keep getting better, and everything's going to be great, and we're going to live in a utopia, and it's all going to be fine. And so the question is, oh, well, what happens if something goes wrong? The answer is, things are always going to go wrong. This world isn't going to get better. There is always going to be. And so one of the main tenets of Christianity is you hear the word and get forgiven, you do what's good, and the last thing is you persevere under evil. What's going to happen? You're going to be afflicted. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to have, people are going to abuse. This is what happens. What do Christians do? We rely upon our God, call upon him, and we bear up underneath it, meaning we don't give in to it. We continue to do good. So that's as the scriptures say, they may see your good works and praise for who is in heaven. But but that's a big part of it. There will never be an age in which all of a sudden we're going to go, well, I'm going to do what's good and everything's going to, people are always going to do it. No, it's not. It's all a reminder of where our confidence truly is. And where our home truly is. I'm going to light the rest of the candles. We'll begin. Oh Lord, open my lips. Make haste, O God, to deliver me.
1: Make haste to me, O Lord.
0: Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever amen. Praise to you, O Christ. Alleluia. You may be seated. The reading is on the back. It's Mark chapter 8, verses 1 through 9. In those days, the multitude being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the multitude, because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their own houses, they will faint on the way, for some of them have come from far away. Then his disciples answered him, How can one satisfy these people with bread here in the wilderness? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. They also had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said to them also, He set them also before them. So they ate and were filled. And they took up seven large baskets of leftover fragments. Now those who had eaten were about four thousand, and he sent them away. This is God's word. Hymn 249. Your table I approach. Dear Savior, hear my prayer. Oh, let no unrepentant sin prove hurtful to me there. Lord, I confess my sins and mourn their wretched bands. A contrite heart is sure to find Forgiveness at your hands. Your body and your blood, Once slain and shed for me, Are taken at your table, Lord, In blessed reality. Search not how this takes place, This wondrous mystery, God can accomplish vastly more than what we think could be. O grant, most blessed Lord, that earth and hell combined may not about this sacrament raise doubts within my mind. O may I never fail To thank you day and night For your true body and true blood O God, my peace and
1: light
0: Mark chapter 8 It says that there is a multitude That would be a crowd What is the crowd doing? What are they doing? They're coming to hear Jesus. When did they come to hear Jesus? How long they been there? Three days. This is the third day. They didn't get there today. They got there yesterday. Nope, not yesterday. The day before yesterday, they came, and they came for the purpose of listening to Jesus. Where is Jesus? In the sky. Nope, where is he? What does it say in verse four when he asked the disciples said where can we get bread out here in this wilderness Jesus isn't in town he's not in church either he is out in the wilderness and these people have traveled out a long distance in order to hear Jesus preach And they got there three days, this is now the third day uh, that they're here. Um, You traveled, eh, about a mile to get here. Kinda, your legs worn out? You came in a car, huh? Yeah. Um, Cecil, you came a distance. How far'd you come? 14 miles or so. Okay, so these people, And you, you, and you're, and you're out of breath, aren't you? Yes, exactly, exactly. I'm gonna talk to Linda later. Yeah. uh Okay. So we've got these people there. They've come to listen to Jesus. Hmm. You came tonight. Um. If I keep preaching for two or three hours, you gonna keep listening? If I keep you here till tomorrow. Yeah? You You would stay and listen. Yeah, I would listen to you. Whoa. Not not many. (laughs) Mark? I might send out for pizza, though. You might, okay. You might send out for pizza. What do we have? They came to listen to Jesus. You say, oh, yeah, they probably brought their peanut butter and jellies and they came out, of course. And they planned to stay. Um, And so they're there for one day. They're there for two days. Then they get to the third day, and they have run out. Jesus hasn't dismissed them. He hasn't sent them away. He hasn't said, okay, the teaching session is done. You can all go home now. And so they stay, and they stay, and they stay. And now it's the third day, and they've run out of food. Ah! And Jesus, it says, he says to the disciples, I have, what's the big word? Compassion. What is compassion? He's got it for him.
1: Understanding
0: love yes, very good. Um, the, the, the literal passio of the uh, uh, means to suffer, com means to with. If you have compassion, you suffer with someone. You see their condition, you go, oh, I feel for you. I really, and, and so Jesus looks at their condition and he says, oh, my heart goes out to them. I have compassion on them. What is their condition that Jesus says, I understand. I've got that, say, I'm now, I realize I have compassion. What is their condition? In need. They're in need, yes. Tired and hungry. Tired and hungry. Why? This, Jesus says, this isn't is right. Here I am teaching them God's word. These are people that love God. They're come for the teaching. And what's going on? They're hungry. They're tired. And now they're in a predicament because they've been listening to God's word. And Jesus says, oh, I feel for you. Um, I have compassion on your condition. He turns to the disciples and says, what are we going to do about this? The people, I can't send them away. Because they'll faint, they're, they're, in, they're relying upon me. And if I send them away, they've they got a long way to go. Some of them have a long way to go. And yet they came, and they're going to faint along the way. What did the disciples say? Where are we going to get that? You know, there, that, there is no hucks close by. We're out in the wilderness. What about this? Right? Jesus says, Cody, what does he say to them? Have the people settle down, more than that. (laughs) Yeah, he may have told some of the little boys to settle down. He might have told them to sit down. Do you know why he told them to sit down? I never read settle down. I mean sit down. Oh, you did say sit down. Oh, all right. So he told them to sit down. Why why does he want all of the people to sit down on the grass? Because he said. Well, that's what he said. Why? Like, like, like we have to eat for food. All right. Very good. Whenever it's time to feed people, your mom says, "Everybody come to the table and sit down," right? It means we're time to eat. And so Jesus looked around and said, "Okay, it's time to eat. Tell everybody to sit down." If they were going to be listening to God's word, they would have been standing. He says, nope, it's time to eat. Everybody sit down. Do they have food? Not yet. This is trust. This is what we call faith. You hear the words of Jesus and you say, he's telling us to sit down, but we don't have any food yet. Well, then he must be providing food. How much do they have? How many loaves? Seven loaves. How many fish? A few fish. We got two fish. We got seven loaves. He says, "Have them sit down." What does Jesus do? It never makes sense sit down and settle down. (laughs) What does he want? What does he do? He He blesses it. He prays. He gives thanks for God. He asks a blessing upon whatever God has provided. The heavenly Father has provided seven loaves and two fish, and so he gives thanks for it. He tells the disciples, pass it out. He gives it to his servants, to his ministers, and says to them, distribute out the blessings. And so they go and they give it out. As they give it out, there's more and there's more and there's more, and it feeds 4,000 people. When they get done, he says, gather up the leftover fragments. How much do they have? They started with seven loaves. Yeah, seven bowls, oh, seven bags, seven big things full of all the pieces that have been broken off. So they started with seven loaves, and now they got seven baskets full of, of broken pieces uh, when they get done. Jesus has just produced a miracle. In the what scriptures, in the Bible, it never, it always speaks of the miracles in a very never in a high language way. Jesus never says the words and waves his hand, and then it tells in the seventh. It just all of a says, and they were satisfied, and everybody had an oh yeah, they gathered up seven loaves or seven baskets full. Um, but Jesus does it. Um, he does a miracle almost without without their knowing. Um, Hmm. First of all, what do we know about the people? The people come to hear the word of God. That is their concern. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 33 uh, comes before uh, this particular one in which Jesus is teaching them and he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. First, You put the word of God in the hearing of Jesus. If that involves long distances, if that involves uh, uh, time away, if that involves... what, The Lord will take care of the other thing. He always provides. And so they, too, trusted in Jesus. They trusted in him so much that if he's not sending them away, then we're going to stay. Did did things get out of hand and he didn't know? No, he knew exactly what he was going to do. Um, He was simply going to do this... And he did it so that he would show them. Not only could he teach the word of God, but he was the Savior, that they might rely upon every word that came from his mouth first. And then all these other things would be given to them. And so he gave them enough so that they didn't faint on their journey or along the way. How does he do it? He does it by means of his disciples, in the same way that God uses his ministers. To give out the word of God. He gives it and then he says, I want you to give it out. Um, and so I'm going to give you out God's word, uh, but I never run out. There is always more to give out, and the Lord provides for us. In fact, here we start with seven, and when we get done, we've got another seven. But we got seven baskets. Where before we only had seven loaves. Uh, the Lord is providing for us, He provides for us our daily bread needs. And for that, we ask a blessing, uh, give thanks when he does provide for it. He also provides for our spiritual needs, where he provides forgiveness. And he is so generous, not just forgiveness in the word, but forgiveness in uh, private confession and absolution, forgiveness in baptism, forgiveness in Lord's Supper. He... he and and the speaking of God's word sure the pastor preaches it but then you have the word written down you can read at home your neighbor may speak the word of God to you and you can receive that from them as well look at how generous God is with providing for us all all of these blessings that he has given out so that as we go through well our journey in this world uh, he might provide for us at at every turn questions? Questions about the text or any uh, uh, comments of those that are there? Okay, we'll be using our pink sheet tonight, but before we do, we need a couple prayers. Um, First of all, God tells us that he's going to give us this gift. We need to ask him for it. What do we need to ask God for based upon tonight's reading? What does he want to give us? Ooh, so he wants to give us the word. We'll ask him for that. He wants to give us daily bread. We'll ask him for that. What else? Forgiveness Forgiveness he wants to give out to us. So we're going to ask him for that. Very good. So those are the things we're going to ask God for. There are things that God uh, points out in tonight's text that shows us our sins. What kind of sins do we see once we're done reading this text and we go, oh, oh, Point out your sins, Mark?
1: We've not honored our
0: parents. Ah, we've not honored our parents. Good, very good. So we can misconfess that. What else? (laughs) You're right. Sometimes we don't think we have enough, and we think that God isn't taking care of us, right? Yep, and so we doubt him. And in fact, he is doing that. So, yes, I think that points. I think, too, I think there are times in which we uh, um, go, oh, I don't have time for church. I don't have time for God's word. Wait a minute. um, Three days later, no, I don't think I've ever done that. Um, One hour, that's good. One hour and ten minutes, you're ten minutes over, Pastor. We can't have that. And he does. Very good. Three. Oh, go ahead. Absolutely. Go ahead. No, i us go. to just pray for a niece for uh, wisdom and minding the doctor for post-surgery and wellness. Okay.
1: Wisdom.
0: Very am right, I thought you were ready for that. <laughs> good enough. What about thanking God? What do we thank God for? For my parents. For your parents. Excellent. Good job tonight. Um That was even in the catechism. I love it. Um, Let's see. There are four things. Ask God. Confess. Thank him. Praise him. What kind of God do we have? A gracious God. What's the word tonight? Compassionate Compassionate God. We have a God who... He doesn't just go, Oh, you're sad. Oh, tough. No, he has compassion. Uh, He sees our condition and he cares about that. Very good. Okay, let's go through our... Uh, Catechism section? I got six chief parts. Who will do the Ten Commandments section? Dylan? Who will do the Apostles' Creed section? Sadie? uh, Lord's Prayer? Brian? How about Baptism? Olivia? How about Confession Absolution? Luke? Sacrament of the Altar? Leon? Thank you very much. Please stand. Let us pray. The Ten Commandments teach what we are to do. that there is no without You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. The Apostles' Creed teaches what God does and gives. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord's Prayer teaches how we should pray. Amen. Holy baptism brings us into the Christian community. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Confession and absolution is the voice of the gospel. The Lord Jesus breathed on his disciples and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The sacrament of the altar is food for the soul. This cup is the new testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. The Lord be with you. And with
1: your spirit.
0: Let us pray. O God, whose never never failing providence orders all things both in heaven and earth, we humbly implore you to put away from us all hurtful things, and give to us those things that be profitable for us, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Heavenly Father, give us your word, give us daily bread, forgiveness, give us wisdom, Uh, even those who would uh, heal diseases. We ask also that you would take away from us our sins of not trusting in you and thinking that uh, you are not providing. Instead, help us that we might always praise you as a p- compassionate God, one who provides for us uh, in all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.